Hey, welcome to Java Chat. It's Coffee with Mike. Today we get to interview Ryan Rukoski, the financial Jedi. Here's a man who's got a ton of experience and he's going to be dropping some golden nuggets here. Uh, don't forget, if you find this valuable, make sure you share this out on your social platforms. Follow us Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you can find us in the Desert Media Group. That's where the video is posted. Instagram, of course, is coffee.with.mike. And we look forward to getting this interview going. Let's uh, let's rock this. Everybody, thanks again for joining us here on Java Chat. I am here with somebody I like to call. In fact, I think it's quite, he's coined it himself. I like to call him the financial Jedi. And I kind of wanted to, to give you guys a little bit of an introduction to this man with this epic music in the background and say welcome to the man, Ryan <laughs> Rutkowski, the financial Jedi. Thanks for well, stopping thanks, in, Mike. man. I really appreciate you coming by and uh, hanging out with me. It's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you having me on, man. It's always good to talk with you. So, yeah, it's awesome. Thank you. So, um, we're going to jump right into it. Just kind of talk a little bit about who you are where you're from, you know, like what part of the country you live in, stuff like that. Just, just Who's Ryan Rukoski? Give me an idea. All right, right on. So I'm Ryan Rukoski, the financial Jedi, originally from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I currently live in Raleigh, North Carolina with my four-year-old daughter. And yeah. Um, and I've been doing this thing for about 10 years working with accounting, taxation, business consulting, financial planning, strategic planning, investments, insurance, and then real estate. Um, my grandfather was a chief operating officer for two of the largest stock brokerage firms in Cleveland, Ohio, and I helped my parents build a multi-million dollar real estate company from the time I was, you know, like 12, 13 until about 16 to 17. And so um, I kind of grew up in the entire thing. My other grandfather was also a million dollar round table producer in the insurance industry. And then my parents were, you know, always in some sort of sales corporate job kind of growing up. So um, I tried some different things, you know, before I hit like about 21 because I was like, I have no idea what I want to do. And luckily I kind of did that early in my life. Um, to really figure out my thing, to to find my happiness, right? And I got into the finance industry and started out, you know, working for some large companies or as a contractor, started some businesses either by myself or with some partners. And I had two high six-figure sellouts before, you know, exits before I was, um, before I was 24. And now uh, what I'm working on is Financial Jedi, which is, you know, um, business and financial literacy and coaching and helping clients across the country, either as startups, small, mid-sized businesses. And we do currently have some um, Fortune 1 to 300 companies that are on our clientele list as well. So, and I say we because I'm the president of Oversight Financial Group Incorporated, which is based out of Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay, thanks for the interview. That's about sums it up, guys. If you want to find Ryan, <laughs> holy! Hello. Hey, listen. So, so check this out. I mean, 
Yeah, I heard you grew up in the industry. Um, you had multiple channels of, of learning. I mean, two grandfathers, one in each one, both top producers. Your family, your mother and father, both top producers. And you said you went out and you did your thing when you were young. And what led you back? I mean, what? because the way I see you doing things, especially online, um, this isn't a job. This is a passion. I mean, you really enjoy doing this. I mean, and, and your intent to serve while doing this comes through. Uh, you're, the posts that you put up are small. You and I have had a couple of conversations already. You're not just uh, your typical financial planner. You're not just your typical tax prep guy. You're, not just, you're, you're the atypical. There's a reason you're calling yourself the Jedi. I know what the reason is, but I, I want you to kind of share why, what led you to this and why is this such a passion? What is it about this that makes your life so happy and complete? Yeah, absolutely. So what led me into this entire thing was that um, I tried a bunch of different stuff and no matter what I did, it always brought me back to numbers and laws and, and how they came together and, you know, um, the regulations based around finance, tax, um, and even business consulting because there are rules and regulations based around business consulting and structuring and all of these different things, right? My major annoyances in the industry are that there is no real place to go to get all of the answers that you really truly want to get um, in one place and you can't intertwine those together and and so what happens is most people end up working with four five six seven different pros right and none of these pros are talking to one another they've got three or four different types of plans that are going on a tax plan an investing plan a financial plan you know all of these different things and that is just not okay and the reason why it's not okay is because the plans end up contradicting one another to the point to where the client is not having a clear direction in which way they really want to go so um, I got into the industry in my early 20s and figured out how they were doing things and in my opinion they're doing it wrong um, and the reason why they're also doing it wrong is because they're not really creating relationships with clients that are truly based around the client's wants and needs and the client's plan to allow the client to have a full encompassing plan that is going to be there for a long-term journey because it's not just short-term stuff, right? Like I talk to people all the time about taxation and they're like, hey, Ryan, can you prepare my tax return? Absolutely I can. But all we're doing with just preparing a tax return is just reporting what already happened. Yeah. There's no planning involved there. To be able to have a constructive environment for a company or for a household to grow productively, to keep more money in your pocket and all of that, it's based around planning, which happens throughout the year. So whenever the end of the year does come, you're much more prepared and able to you know, handle whatever that might be because you, you know you know it's going to be there. The same thing happens with investing, same thing happens with financial planning. Hey Ryan, just go ahead and throw this financial plan together for me, tell me what to do and I'm going to go off and I'm not going to talk to you again for you know five years or whatever. You know, and, and I just don't mean business that way because it doesn't help anybody and plus there's no real relationship there. You know, with my clients, like I go to the barbecues, I go you know, hold the babies. I, I, you know, have one-on-one -on -one 
you know, video calls with clients. I, you know, give out my cell phone number to my coaching clients and retainer clients so they can reach out to me so we can talk. And, you know, if they have an emergency over the weekend, what do you need? You know, how can we work through this together on top of also offering, you know, free advice that is going to help catapult them in their financial or business life overall to get the ultimate goals uh, that they to achieve the ultimate goals they want to achieve, right? And to also get them down on paper because that's extremely important. Wow. Not only just yeah. the goals on paper, yeah. but also setting a timeline to those goals. And with me being, you know, a single dad that is the president of the company, you know, with clients spread across the entire country, time management really comes into perspective, right? And so it comes down to work-life balance. And so how can you maintain an awesome environment for the company, for all the people involved, and including the children, right? Because kids are amazing, they're awesome, right? And we wanna make sure that we're creating that type of environment for children to be able to thrive and know that we love them and we're setting up a future for them and achieving the goals that we want for us and for them. So what I do a lot of is time blocking. I don't go down to 15 minutes or 30 minutes. Like to me, fuck that, that is too much. Like now going to an hour at a time and breaking down your hours in your day, the yep. time you wake up, the time you go to sleep, what are you doing within those hours? And not only that, but you want to make sure that you're setting time to where you are taking care of self-care. And so you want to jump in real quick on that. That's that's an interesting, um, first off, time blocking is absolutely important. I do it. I have my own little time block that I look at on a daily basis up there on the wall. Um, definitely not a 15 or minute by minute kind of deal because that becomes way overly detailed. Uh, me being, you know, having Oasis Media Group and working with different marketing uh, clients, et cetera, et cetera. Same story. Um, and I just remembered that you and I still have, need to have a conversation about taxes as well. I'm very far behind on that, so we'll need to chat. We'll need to chat again. <laughs> but one of the, if anybody hasn't been listening to what just happened from that one question and where Ryan went with it. You missed his passion, completely missed his passion. I mean, think about what he just said and how he brought it up, that his intent is to write a serious one that does go on in the financial planning industry. It's one of the reasons why I didn't want to, I was prospected some time ago by a financial planning firm, a very well-known one, um, literally wanted me to take the uh, regional VP, uh, if you will, which I could have I done. Happily, probably would have made a killer living over there. But what I what I also saw was the lack of comprehensive planning beyond what they were doing. And I couldn't honestly, even within myself, I couldn't sit down with somebody and go, oh, let's just plan this and plan this, and then we can talk about other things. Well, then I'm no longer really sitting down and talking with them about their real dreams, their real goals. I'm really looking at what's around the next corner. No one knows what's around the next corner, so we plan for a few blocks. It's better to have a couple of options. And I know you do this with everybody. You 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 run the gambit. So it's oh, yeah. it's the ability to see beyond that next corner, which is one of those things that you do, thankfully. Um, and the ability to help somebody else see and plan. 
Um, one of the things you brought up is financial literacy for children. You know, the whole thing about being an example for them so they can see. Correct. And I only know of one person right now that's planning on creating a product. By the way, you should do it. Uh, that is each financial literacy team. They still do not teach managing credit. They still do not teach managing finances. I think the last economics class that taught how to balance a checkbook was in the early 80s. I haven't seen one since. And I, I really think they need to bring that back. If, if, any, if we're to have any kind of resurgence of economic stability, it has to do with planning and saving. And that's okay. So yeah, I mean the main issue is that most people are going through, you know, their high school life, they're getting their first job, they're trying to figure out money and how it works, and parents are trying to help them. But the issue is that if parents aren't educated, then they're passing down bad information to the kids and it's not their fault. No, it, it's not, it's not they can hold themselves accountable for because there is no real place for anybody to go out and get this financial knowledge that they need for themselves as parents, as professionals in one place to where they can then turn around and say, hey, you know, um, my, my daughter, for example, her nickname's Bear. Hey, little bear. I have to, I have to contradict you on one thing. Yeah. There is one place where that information can be found. Well, I'm sorry. So there is one place that that information can be found. Well, yeah, yeah. Through oh, right. me, for sure. Yes. <laughs> now, yes, you can find this information in one place. Um, creating the financial and business literacy, you know, courses that I created online to allow 24/7 access and unlimited access to anybody who buys that particular course. You know, I, I want into that. I want into that group. When, as soon as you get that group open, if it's not already open, I want into that group because I, I, I'm definitely down to learn anything that you've got to share. You and I have had some really good conversations, and after talking, I was just like, "Yeah, this one's not normal." I'm glad he's not normal. He's a little bit yeah. like I enjoy it, but he's he knows his shit. And that's exactly the kind of people I like being around. Um, by the way, for those of you that are watching, if you're watching live, do me a favor and hashtag live if you're watching this on the replay because this is going to stay on the page. Please make sure you hashtag replay. Drop some comments, guys. If you ask a question or something like that, both Ryan and I will see it. If it's a, if it's a question directed towards Ryan, I can make sure that it gets passed over to him. Um, if you're listening to this on Anchor or Spotify or something, feel free to drop Desert Media Group on Facebook. Drop a question on the actual broadcast, or you can send us a direct message. Again, happy to forward you right over to Ryan. I can tell you right now, this is one of those people that you're not going to get one of those dancing answers. You're going to get it straight and raw. It's one of the things I really appreciate about Ryan is he doesn't BS anybody. Oh, Chris yeah. is watching. Right on. Simo is here. Oh, so is Carlos. Right on, brother. Um, one of the cool parts about um, investing, that because we both watch it, you probably more than I do, um, being able to tell uh, when something's a trend and when something may be more solid for, for long term. What are some of the trends that you see going on right now in investing? I don't have to get specific. So what are some of the trends you see right now in investing that you and some that you are wary of? Things that you may want to put a warning out there just so people understand, hey, you may want to keep an eye on this because this is pretty cool and here you gotta watch. And Absolutely. Yeah. So um 
The number one rule of investing is never invest into something that you don't understand. Um, never do that. And that is a major trend that I see with a lot of people is that they invest into things not understanding. Another major trend I see within people is, oh, just watch the market. The market is going to be able to tell you exactly what happened. That's all you need to do is just look at the history and all of that and where people, you know, how, how it's performed. Like for example, the S&P 500, right? What is the <laughs> data telling us about that? That is 100% incorrect. You wanna really dig deep into that. You wanna know who the CEO is. You wanna know where they've been, what the vision for the company is. You wanna look at the quarter, quarterly statements. You really wanna kind of understand what that company is and if you are investing into individual stocks. Now, if you're investing in like mutual funds or ETFs, right, there's a little bit less risk there because it's going to span out. And so you're going to have some companies going up, some going down, some kind of doing like this kind of thing, right, like the wake of, you know, like a lake. And so by combining all of that together, you're going to have much less risk as time goes on. And But you still want to know what you're investing in and how that's being invested, right? Um, and so what do you want to look out for? You want to look out for <laughs> really, again, where a company's been, where it's going, and the information based on the leader of that company. Those are really good places to start. Um, and if you don't understand it, then reach out to somebody who does so they can help you. Because I've seen too many clients where they're like, man, I'm looking for that come up, you know, I'm gonna throw in 20K. And they make some really bad decisions and their 20K comes up missing within a couple of weeks. And it's like, dude, if you would have just, you know, contacted us, we could have done something about that to help catapult you forward and get you the information and the breakdown that you need and want that is really going to get you real results. Because at the at the end of the day, I don't give a fuck about money. It doesn't matter. And I'm a financial advisor and business consultant. What I do care about is genuinely helping people and getting them real results. I don't sugarcoat. I'm not going to sit here and give you a bunch of BS. You know, I'm not going to run you around. It's going to be straightforward to the point. If it is a real suggestion that is really going to help you, fantastic. If it doesn't make sense and it's not going to help, there's no reason for us to even be talking about this. And that's the other thing that I found out about being in the finance industry for so long is most advisors only care about how much money they're going to make and what's going in their pocket and yep. their next Ferrari and their next beach house and whatever. I do not care. I can make my own money by myself. The only reason why I charge a fee, a retainer, these different things is because the best things in life are never free. It's the truth, and and that's probably one of the one of the hang on a second. I I think we're still on. Something happened here where we got I got knocked off on one side. One second. We are okay. Good. Um, killer point. Great, great insight. Um, you said something that triggered a thought with regards to investing and taking the kind of. Thanks, Christian. Um, I had to take notes. I made notes. I'm proud of myself. I've been getting better with that lately. Um, <laughs> so we got some changes to the tax code, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna go real light on this. <clears throat> we got some changes to the tax code, 
There are some things that have changed. Are there any advantages that you can notably quickly throw out there for a small business or somebody considering becoming a small business, you know, moving from the DBA to the LLC or C Corp that would make sense for them to do it now rather than wait to find out if something's going to change later? Um, absolutely. So that's going to come down to business structuring, right? Um, that is the number one screw up that I see with uh, pretty much every business is the business structuring between an LLC, a 1065 partnership, an S Corp, a C Corp, or being a sole proprietor. I will tell you that if you have any sort of liability where you're working with the general public, then you need to have some sort of structuring in place. There are no if, ands, or buts about that. That's not a question. That is, you need to protect yourself. And the reason why is because an LLC is going to give you that extra layer of protection away from your personal assets. And a 1065 partnership is going to be pretty much the same thing, except you're going to have a few partners in there or at least one other partner. And an S-Corp is going to be even that one step further because then with an S-Corp, you have a W-2 requirement along with a C corporation as well, right? So that is then going to push that further and further away from you to have that least amount of liability as possible. So whenever you're setting up your business structuring though, you want to think about growth and where you're headed. It's not just, oh hey, I'm going to start a structure today and I am now a business entity. This is fantastic. Now let's run off to the races. No, 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 no. Structurings have everything to do with your business plan where you're headed, what your goals are, having that defined timeline, being able to incorporate finance and marketing within that and how that looks overall for your company. Having worked with, um, having worked with an angel investment group out of, uh, out of California not long ago, um, understanding the different structures, the advantages, disadvantages, and some of the things that you need to have in line. Um, to receive investment funding, you know, that you're doing your seed, your A or D rounds, whatever. Um, that really showed me a lot with regards to what you just said. You can't just go take a piece of paper and say, hey, I'm in business, it's off to the races, can somebody give me money? Um, fastest way to get your best body slammed, the hard way, possibly even stuff power driven if you're familiar with wrestling. Um, well, another thing too, whenever it comes to structuring as well, is that it depends on what kind of structuring you have for your investing for your company. Because, like for example, if you're a C corporation, you can't invest into particular things. If you're an S corporation, you can. If you're an LLC, you can. But it all depends on that because you should not only be making money coming from obviously your marketing and money management to make sure you're keeping up with your budgets and all of that and keeping your ROIs and margins where they need to be, right? But you also want to be using the funds that are coming in to invest to make your company even more. And so that all depends on what you can invest into and have. It's, a, it's amazing that a lot of people don't realize that some of the largest corporations have a very good percentage of their revenue coming out of financial investments. Uh, that's investing in insurance or investing in um, traditional stocks. I mean, there was some reason other companies, for example. I mean, there are other companies that, for example, um, that I find across the country that need funding. And they are within my realm, right? Like a like another tax, mom and pop shop. And so I invest into that company to help them grow. 
with the entire idea that whenever they do hit the end of the line, that we have an exit strategy for them and for oversight to absorb that company. That's, that's really smart. We have another group out here that does something similar with um, taking companies public, but their, their ultimate goal, obviously, is to go the full bore you know, um, IPO. Uh, well, but it all depends on what the exit strategy is whenever that yeah, comes. It, 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 yeah, it could different. be a liquidation. Yep. It could be a few different options that somebody decides to take, which all comes from your planning. All of this planning matters. Yeah, and I think a lot of people fail to remember that it does take a plan to succeed. I, a lot of, we, there's still a lot of moms. You and I come across all of them. Um, a lot of moms that come in and they're, Jazzed about their passion and want to go do something wonderful, and it's like there was there's even a um, there's even a commercial running around from Tony Robbins ex asking exactly that. Do you have an exit strategy? And I'm I'm sitting here going, I know too many people that don't even have an entrance strategy. They don't even know what market they're getting into. I you know I I sat and did a consult with somebody a couple nights ago, and I, I you know we're all part of the gorillas. Um, and I, I ran through the ICA with them, and and they had a hard time getting through it. And I'm like, okay. I, I want to talk to you more. However, you got to go do this first. If, if I can't ask you that question alone and you not come up with an answer in a, in a snap, there's well, going to be you get in, you're going to be I'm really up. glad you brought that up um, because whenever it comes to money and whenever it comes to businesses and all of that, mindset and relationships matter as well. And that's the additional aspect that I bring to the table and that my team brings to the table within that realm is the relationships and the money mindset to be able to acquire that more than half the time people don't understand who their people are because they don't understand themselves yep and so if they don't understand themselves and who they can bring to the table that is going to ultimately relate to them but also right within those relationships are like for example with me my daughter right my friends that are in my life the people that surround you, how they speak into you, how they speak about themselves, and how that relationship is with those people matters, and especially whenever you're an entrepreneur, because if you have bad relationships in your life, that's going to affect your mindset, which is going to affect your money mindset, which is going to affect your business, which is going to affect da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It just keeps on going. And so the proper money mindset and overall positive mindset that allows people to grow allows for better relationships a more defined deeper relationship while also being able to genuinely help them with the information that they want and need so I'm, I'm, i want to take a step back here for a second and, and talk to everybody that's watching this or listening to this if you didn't just hear that ryan there's a, there's a reason that Ryan is such a help and such a benefit to any business. And it's not just because he's a consultant or a coach or anything of that. The man cares. And he cares to help you understand how to care and find others that care about you as well. It's not just about that piece of paper that says you're in business. It's not just about the income that comes to your bank account. It's about the wealth in general, the wealth of life that can flow to you. Absolutely. That you're actually able to get by doing it right the first time. This is something I learned years ago when I worked in telecom. I had an engineering tech who was, he was really, really, he was hardcore. And his whole thing was very simple. Anything worth doing 
is worth doing right the first time. That way you don't waste time going back and having to fix it. And he's, with, without, because I can't really talk about his history, he used to work for our government, let's put it that way. Um, he didn't have time to go back and fix stuff. It had to be done right the first time. If it didn't get done right the first time, people were in danger. Yeah, well, and the main thing, too, as well, about mindset and relationships is that it starts with happiness, and happiness starts at home. And when I say home, I mean internal. Happiness starts with coffee. For those of you that are listening on, on Anchor, I lifted up my cup and I was pointing at it, and Ryan's got his, he's over at Starbucks, and I'm here at home. We're both just like, it's all about Java, guys. It's all about caffeine. Anyway, so go ahead. It starts at home. Oh, yeah. Um, and so when I say home, I mean internal. But that also can mean your actual environment, which your home environment. Who's in that environment? Not only that, but your work environment. Are you a boss or are you a leader? You know, as an entrepreneur, when you own a company, because there is a major difference. You know, bosses dictate. They control. They want that control. They need that control. One of my favorite quotes comes from Warren Buffett. We don't hire 400, you know, 400 hitters like batters and tell them how to swing the bat. Well, why? Well, why are you going to hire a pro that knows what they're doing to then control every single thing that they end up doing? It doesn't make any sense. No, you're right. That's absolutely true. And, and one of the... Yeah, so by being a leader, you can cultivate that kind of environment. And not only that, but you need to be cultivating leaders within your business because that is also a major problem that I see across the country is that they're not cultivating leaders. They are cultivating workers. Yeah. Not thinkers, not leaders, not somebody that can jump up whenever this person retires or blah, 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 whatever. No. It's still, They're not doing industrialist mentality. It's 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 been that way for many years. The industrialist mentality is basically get everybody to work and don't worry about anybody advancing. If somebody happens to stand out, rather than creating some standouts and making people making it so that people have the environment to grow. A lot of a lot of solopreneurs and entrepreneurs they they still have the hard time. And this is partially a mindset thing too that I've seen. I've been from across this as well, where they have a tendency to want so much control because nobody can do it as good as they can when the the realization needs to be you will never find anybody that will do it as good as you can do however you can find a lot of great talent and other leaders that can take care of the business very well they may not well, do it as well as you but they can definitely cause real growth they can definitely cause real wealth generation you need to teach them how to lead further on you're not going to live forever you know? Well, not only that, but I'm glad that you brought up that point because the thing is, is a lot of entrepreneurs try to do all the things. They try to do all the things and push all the buttons. And yes, it just, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. And it doesn't work. Like, yes, at the very beginning, whenever you are first starting out and you are first bringing money into your company, absolutely, you have to do all the things and push all the buttons. And you have to hit that particular point. But once you have the ability to start bringing people on board, don't sit there and be greedy. Don't just try to feed, you know, your pocketbook. Like, you need to feed the beast. And your beast is your business. And the more you feed your beast, the better that you are going to be because then it comes back down to work-life balance. 
how much time do you really want to remove yourself from your family? Do you not want to spend time with your kids? Do you really want to have those awesome relationships on the internal side of your company? Are you spending time with the people in your company and really getting to know them, who they are, what they represent, and how they can really bring their knowledge and talents forward to bring everybody success? Hey, we got a, we got a question here, um, and let's, let's go ahead and address that. It's a good question. It says, should a financial advisor be the first person that someone with a new successful idea should hire? Well, I will put it like this. There are only two things that really make a company run. The one, first thing is marketing, and the second thing is finance. If, you're, if you don't have any marketing in place, you have no clients coming in the door, you're not going after clients, you have no money, there's nothing to do there. If you are bringing in money, finance is what helps you to go to that next level. Everything else stems from that because you need to be able to have money management while bringing in clients and putting your different budgets in place for all the things, right? Um, employees, um, overhead costs, uh, taxation, um, investing, saving, like all of these different things for your company and making sure that you're lining those up. Not only that, but it's also going to keep you in line when you're hiring other coaches when, to make sure that you have all of your operating costs covered and you're not worried about all of this shit. So then three months come down the line and you're like, well, now what? <laughs> so I would say that yes, any company that has a great idea or wants to really, really succeed with a really awesome business plan and a really awesome life with their business, they need a financial advisor to work with them. It's not a question. Nobody has ever gotten to where they have gotten multi-millionaires, multi-billionaires without having a strong financial plan. And I only know this because again, I work with Fortune 100 companies, Fortune 300 companies. I'm used to working with multi-millionaires. I mean, really, one of my mentors is a billionaire. I'm used to these people. I'm used to having the conversations, pushing the buttons and doing the things. This is what I do. So when it comes to somebody who wants to move from the mom and pop mentality and needs to get into it, because they obviously want to grow their passion. I mean, who doesn't? Um, oh, by the way, to address the, the whole financial advisor thing, um, I wanted to tag onto that and say, and um, either that person is a partner or that person is an, a hired advisor, but you need to have one or the other. And, and even in, even in um, the angel investing side, if you don't have that component in your presentation, that's the first thing I've always seen them go after is, where's your financials? Who's running your yep. numbers? And that's exactly correct. If, that is if, the one thing that most people actually miss whenever they're coming up with a plan and going after money. Yeah. They're, they're, any bank is going to ask you, any real investor is going to ask you, who's managing your funds? How do we know that when we give you money that we're going to get this back? How do we know that you're going to utilize these funds correctly? Because you don't know business. You've right. never been an entrepreneur before right. you don't know accounting you can't break these numbers down so with that being said how are we going to get you the best results because that's what they care about is sure. getting you results and getting their money back that is it it's not personal. every time every time when you're talking about <clears throat> angel vc any investor private or uh, otherwise 
the biggest focus is always the question, how am I going to get my money back, which you just said, how, how am I going to make money on this? Because they may decide to stay on board as a, as a shareholder or they may liquidate and, and let it go. I don't know. It, it, it depends on what their strategy is. Um, and it also depends on what your strategy is. And this is something that, of course, you go through. If you're a small mom and pop as, as, a, as, a, as a directive here, anybody that's in business for themselves, if you're a solopreneur, mom and pop shop, uh, a business that intends to bring out a new idea to, to the marketplace, um, um, I'm part of two right now. They both have financial advisors. They, they, one has a CPA. Well, actually, they both have CPA. Well, one's got a firm. The other one's got a CPA. Um, and, and the idea is, is that when they first went into the books on both sides, they looked at it and went, how, does, how, do you, how did you come to this? How did you work that out? So they reworked it. Um, on the one side, on the tech company, they actually came back with some really pleasing numbers. And as of, I think, this month, those numbers are going to start getting realized. Um, and the other side, it's it's a uh, it's a whiskey. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's a whiskey company, and we had a CPA take a look at the numbers, and he went, "Wow, I'm very impressed. You guys are working on like bootstrap shoestring budget, and it's working. And you guys are keeping up with you're keeping up with it. And and here shortly, we just got approved uh, to start distributing in Nevada, Southern Nevada." California, Texas, Wisconsin, Minnesota—you know, places that have whiskey drinkers—and uh, that's going to start now. The orders have started coming in, so from bootstrap, we can slowly start moving into profit, get back into green, and then start finding other people to bring on for salary and other programs and promotions. Blah blah blah. That is awesome. But yeah, well, it, it took it took it took a bit of me going, "Hey guys, uh, we can't keep." financially like this we got to do something different and the CEO and I were, are we're on the same length so he, he was also the same opinion that helped um, but yeah if you don't if you don't have that in business you're you're literally to me you've pinned yourself on a clothesline and you're asking for somebody to come by and swing a bat yeah and one thing that I see from yeah, a lot of companies we've both seen what happens when that goes down I mean, and one thing I've seen with most companies across the country is that they wait too long. They're like, oh, I can do this, or oh, hey, I got, you know, I can handle it, we've got this, we can figure it out, you know, this, right, that. Right up, until, right up until the checkbook is blank, it can't be written anymore. And then, and and that's then, exactly it. And it's so upsetting for me because I want people to succeed and I want them to do so well. And it's like, oh man, now here we are. And I don't know what to do to help you because you're telling me you have no money. You're telling me you have no options. You're telling me you have no way to go and get any money. When if you would have contacted me literally two, three, six months ago, we would have been in a different ballpark. But at that, at that point, too, what they're looking for is no longer a financial advisor. They're looking for a crisis manager. I mean, honestly, that's what it comes down to. Because now, if, especially if you're talking about, all right, we're talking about going into receivership. So let's, that's, a, that's a completely different conversation. So if, 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 where are we? What time are we at? I want to make sure we still have time. Wow. Um, we're <laughs> conversation's been going so well, we ran out of time. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Few more minutes, but but check this out. Um, how do people find you, man? Where where can they where can they come and and learn from you? Because your your knowledge is obviously genuine, your heart is genuine. Where can people come see you? Can they listen to you on a podcast? Can they come find you on on, on the social platforms? You have a blog. What? Tell us. Yeah, absolutely. So um, basically, if you put hashtag FNC Jedi into Google. 
all the things will pop up. You can find me on Vimeo. You can find me on YouTube, um, Facebook. You can use my name, Ryan Rakowski, on Facebook to look up my uh, public profile for a public figure page. Uh, my personal profile, the company page, Oversight Financial Group Incorporated, I don't hide well. Um, so I am all the places. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. You can search me on LinkedIn um, by using my name or the hashtag. And so, yes, reach out, have a conversation. Um, you can talk to, you know, my admin assistant. Um, you can, you know, schedule an appointment with me. And really, you know, however I can help you to achieve your ultimate goals that you want to achieve, that's all I want to do. That is my goal. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to, you know, so if you need sugarcoating, I'm not your guy. If you're looking for somebody to BS you around, mess mess with you, whatever, I'm not your guy. Right. You know, if you want real true advice, please reach out. I'll be more than happy to talk with you. That is friggin' awesome. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I want to thank you, man, for taking the time coming hanging out with me. We should probably do another one of these because I don't think we even scratched the surface of half the stuff that you and I can talk about, uh, especially when it comes to financial planning and things of that nature. Uh, if, if that's okay, um, I'll, I'll just say, you know, let's Absolutely. Yeah, awesome. it was a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, truly a blessing. It's, all, you know, always good to talk with you. Yeah, and, I, and I, I still need to have that conversation with you. So I'll reach out again on Facebook and we'll set up a time. I, I, I just, Dude, I'm so busy. I spaced everything that we talked about. So I need to get that back in line. We um, all get busy. Yeah, but I look forward to it. <laughs> It's on out, man. We'll, we'll see what we can do to get you squared away. That, that sounds good. I appreciate you. All right, everybody. So that's it. Java Chat here with Ryan Rukoski, the Financial Jedi, Financial Oversight Group. If you guys want to find him, look him up. FNC Jedi, uh, Frank November, Charlie Jedi, wow. the hashtag on Google. And guys, don't wait. Um, I, I know it's always a great thing to walk off and, oh, that was wonderful. It felt good. It, it, guys, this is not about the good. This is about go get stuff done, right? You guys know I'm about that. It's one of my hashtags. I follow Gary's thing, get shit done today. Don't wait. Talk to him now. Get it in there. Get it going and make sure that your business is secured. There's a reason they call it a financial fortress. It's because you got guys like him watching the front gate. That way nothing charges down and breaks it for you, all right? So thanks, everybody, for hanging out, for checking in. Um, don't forget, drop your hashtags in, in, the, in the comments or leave a question. Be happy to forward that over to Ryan. Be happy to forward you over to Ryan as well. I can make introductions for those of you that are actually in my network. Um, happy to do so. Uh, he's one of the few people I will actually do a direct introduction with. Ryan knows how I'm pretty particular about that. Um, but by all means, get out there, do well, take care of each other. From me to all of you, love you. Ciao for now.